Well, welcome back to the Heartland Leadership Podcast, a podcast all about leadership and the way of Jesus. My name's Clint, and I've got a special panel today of some folks on staff. Can we just take a moment to introduce ourselves, starting with Drew? Yeah, my name is Drew. I'm the campus pastor at our Williams campus. My name's Tony. I do video and live stream stuff here. I'm Dave. I'm one of the pastors here at Weymouth. And I invited these guys on to discuss a topic. Some of you may have heard this word before, but sabbatical. Uh, And I just want to dive into what that looks like. Uh, These two, Tony and Drew, are about to take a sabbatical. Uh, And Dave has done a couple in in your tenure. Two, yeah. Uh, Can you just describe what that is? Some people might not be familiar with that term. Or if they have heard it, sometimes it's been in a negative context, like a forced sabbatical, and you're like, oh, what, what did that guy do? Is it something, was there an affair? or Scandal did he, of some he kind. stole from the church coffers, or what is it? Like, let's kind of dispel the myth around that it's only a negative thing, and what, what is it all about? What Yours weren't about? forced, were they? They were not no, forced, okay. no. <laughs> Although I have had friends who have gone on forced sabbaticals, either because of something they've done, or something uh, they were about to burn out and flame out. Like a preventative, like a pre- that's a listen word. mate, you need to take a like sabbatical. Like a preventative sabbatical. Yeah, mine were um, both uh, of choice and to try to establish an appropriate rhythm for myself and also for the congregation that I was a part of at the time. Um, so this is my, going into my 30th year of ministry, I took a sabbatical, would be 12 years ago now, Um, with the church I was at at the time, and they had a sabbatical policy. And a sabbatical is really just that opportunity to break the normal rhythm of your vocational ministry life and for you to spend some time uh, as a pastor with God and um, with those that you love, doing something that you love. So I think we'll talk about this. We should probably talk about the difference between sabbatical and Sabbath. You know, Hmm. but the sabbatical is a longer extended time of that. And let's just uh, jump in there now, just since you brought it up. Yeah. What's the big difference there? They sound similar. Cause we Sabbath every week we, yes, on Fridays. That's if, hopefully, that's, hopefully that's what we're supposed that's to be. Not just we, right. the, the staff members, we, the church, we encourage everyone. Yeah. Should partake of that. Hopefully. Right. And as, as, as people that work at a church, so we practice that melody and I on a regular weekly Sabbath on Thursday night at sundown till Friday night at sundown, just unplugging for a 24-hour period, spending time with, with God and with one another, um, refreshing our spiritual life. It's not, you know, doing the laundry, accomplishing the, the task list. It's really spending time um, with God in that 24-hour span. A sabbatical, and a lot of people get this mixed up because they say to me, how was your sabbatical this week? Well, the weekly one is just called the Sabbath. Sabbath word just means to cease. I think we've even done a, a podcast on mm-hmm. that in the yeah, past. Right. Sabbatical then is that longer extended. And, and some churches um, grant their pastors sabbaticals of up to a year, sometimes even longer than a year. Mine were, uh, my first one was about eight weeks and my second one was about 10 weeks. And it really is just that time to not work on another sermon or another book or another project, but just you and God to go away, be together and, and grow in your relationship. So. Um, and I should say like some churches require and because they, they give grants, organizations give different monetary grants for this. They require the pastor to go work on something. Um, I believe that a sabbatical should literally be a, a way of refreshing. 
Um, and it's meant to be, in some ways, preventative, right? That we can extend the life of, of the pastor in a church. Um, pastors are burning out and dropping out of ministry at a higher rate than ever, is my understanding these days. And so what a sabbatical does is allows us to get back in touch with that true source of why we fell in love with this line of work in the first place. And, and just to be super clear, this is typically like a paid leave where you are not like responding to emails and in the daily rhythm of what's going on behind the scenes of the church or preaching. Like you're, you're out. That's you're right. Out so it's an investment from the church on, to me and my family on my behalf. So they continue to pay my salary, my benefits, and I go and work really on, on me. And believe it or not, like some pastors do come back from a sabbatical and they say, I, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, and they make that choice. That was not the case with me, obviously. Like I, I fell more in love with what I'm doing, uh, got back in touch with the reason I, I was doing it with my first uh, sabbatical. And then we had two young kids. Our kids were teenagers, and I was speaking for a company called Youth Specialties, and we, had, we were doing all of this stuff. And this last sabbatical, uh, kids were, were pretty much out of the house for the most part. And then it was Melody and I really uh, on our last sabbatical a couple of summers ago. And I also think, you know, you were saying it's, uh, it's, it's paid, it's, it's, it's for the pastor, but we were here for so your say. sabbatical yeah. and, um, at Heartland. And it, it is also for the congregation. And um, I remember when you were away, Dave, it gave uh, opportunity. It almost left a bit of a vacuum mm-hmm. for one, both those of us who were on staff to step into, um, being available for pastoral needs for um, honing our abilities as communicators, leading through all sorts of things. But I also think it's a really healthy thing for just a congregation as a whole, because there is this temptation. And I think this is sort of an American thing or just a competitive thing of like, oh, our pastor is the best pastor. And um, no, like it, it's great if you love your pastor and you, and you should want a pastor who does their job well and takes pride in it. But um a church's identity should not be overly wrapped up in any one pastor or figure. The foundation of the church should always be Jesus. And so when that pastor goes away on sabbatical, I think it's this really helpful reminder where if some people get really upset and they're like, how could he leave us? Or how could they leave us? That probably means there's something wrong about where their allegiance and their membership in the church lies. And just to piggyback on that, what I, what I appreciated, Dave, when you got back, you said kind of the flip side of that from your perspective. So if the congregation is learning to um, love their church, even while their lead pastor is out, you are recognizing that, well, things are carrying on without me. Yeah. I'm not the center of attention or the, the drawing attraction or whatever. That, right? that was a lesson that you gleaned from that? Absolutely. That does a couple of helpful things as well, because it like you're saying, it creates uh, a vacuum where now there's more opportunity for, if Dave's not speaking most weeks, we've got a teaching team and they have to step up. There's pulpits that need to be filled and sermons that need to be preached. And it's not just an opportunity. There's a little sense of urgency to it too. It's like, no, you, need, you really need to step up and lead here because our lead guy's gone. And, and so I know when you were out, we felt the weight of that. I felt the weight of that. I had never preached three weeks back to back, but when you were gone, I got a taste of what that was like and it was out of necessity. Um, And it also helps to serve as like an evaluation of your leadership. Like how well have you equipped us to step up in your absence and will the thing carry on? Because if you've listened to this podcast before, you've heard the term decentralized leadership. That's sort of how we operate here, that 
any one ministry shouldn't be solely resting on the shoulders of one person, such that if they were out or they were hit by a bus, the whole thing would fall apart. That's a bad way to structure a ministry in an organization. And so this is sort of like a little test of, are we doing the decentralized ministry the way we are aiming to? If we remove the lead guy, have they equipped everybody else on the team to step up. And I, and I really struggle, Clint, you referenced it a few minutes ago with this whole idea of celebrity pastoring um, because we're seeing more and more of that now. And it's a shame because it, it, it does. It takes the place of someone, someone can follow this celebrity pastor almost like a cult, mm. you know, rather than following Jesus. I mean, our job as pastors are just to be servants to our congregation and, and to Christ. And so when we get that, and any of us are capable of this, like our ego becoming so big that we think we're central, or that we think we have to be the ones in charge. And so for me, the sabbatical was a reminder of that, that, you know, I'm not in control of this. This is God's church. And certainly I want to use the unique personality God gave me to draw people to Christ. But if they're coming to any church just for the pastor, um, or because he's got some certain charisma, man, they're, they're coming for the wrong reason and they're not going to be able to stick around. Well, they're going to be disappointed at I mean, some point. A- absolutely. Right? <laughs> Very disappointed because you're a human being, just yeah. like any other human being. Right? right. Did you find that tough, the, the stepping away and the it's not about me, they'll carry on? Like, did you think a lot about how's it going at Heartland and are they sorting it out? Or? Yeah, so the first sabbatical, I really did. I wasn't the lead pastor at that church, but I really struggled because I had a large role. Mm. And it was my first one, you know. I was also very exhausted because that church grew very quickly as well. And I was leading from the, the second chair. So when I was here, I was a little more in tune with, you know, what I needed to do. In fact, that's why I brought this idea of sabbatical here to Heartland is because I knew how important that was. And I had done some research with other organizations. You know, a friend of mine works for Charles Schwab, which is a financial organization, and they give, the, they give their certain employees their sabbatical mm-hmm. opportunities. And uh, I would have friends that would say to me, oh, you know, typical pastor, the only, the only job in the world where they get a paid sabbatical. Actually, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of jobs that, that understand the importance of taking care of their employees and treating them well and keeping them on for the long haul. And I would say, like, if somebody looks at you or looks at me and says, oh, I wish I had a job like that, I would look at them and say, well, why don't you? Like, seriously, it's your life. Go get a job like that. Like, you should have a job where you understand how important stepping away and reevaluating on a regular basis is. So, you know, our policy, I think it says something like you can take a sabbatical after five years or seven years. And, of course, the time away is shorter if you take it every five years. But we wanted to build that flexibility in just in case someone needed one, you know, after five years rather than seven years. And I know both of you have been impacted by this because we've been talking for a couple of years about sabbatical, you've been eligible for it, and then the pandemic hit, you know. Um, And so I I just think it's really important, you know, for people to hear what is a sabbatical, why does a 20-something, 30-something-year-old person who's only been in ministry a few years need a sabbatical? That's an important question for people. I think pastoral ministry is surprisingly exhausting, and I don't, I know there's people who will hear that and be like, he's just whinging because, you know, he, he has an easy job or whatever. There is something, man, I, I want to say you don't know until you do it a little bit, the, the sort of spiritual weight that you carry for the people that you serve and that you pastor. There's a certain gravitas yeah, to it. Yeah. yeah, I know for myself, like one of the things I'm hoping to accomplish, so I, we, I had planned on taking the sabbatical last year, but then obviously with COVID, 
you know, the, we couldn't open our doors and the church went completely online and I had a large role in that. And I yeah. would have felt very guilty just piecing out and saying, good luck figuring this out. Well, guys. you couldn't have gone anywhere either. Yeah, really. I couldn't have gone anywhere. <laughs> so taking mine this year. But one of the things I'm hoping for with this sabbatical is like last year was a really hard year. Yeah. In, I think for just about everybody. Oh, yeah. Um, but cer certainly in ministry and for me personally, I, I experienced a fair bit of hurt last year that I'm hoping I can step back and really process with God. It's sort of been lingering in the back of my mind as like, I know I need to sort this through with God. I know I need an extended time to really dive deep with him. Um, and so being able to put some distance between me and church life, I think will really help me sort that out. Yeah, you know, you brought up something really important there. And, and I don't think people mean this. Like people, for the most part, love their pastors and, and want to respect them and treat them well. But there are a lot of little hurts along the way that just tend to add up. And as a pastor, sometimes you don't wanna share that you've been hurt or you don't wanna show that you've been hurt because these are the people that you're serving. But even little comments like, ah, oh, you're a pastor, you only work one day of the week. Mm -hmm. You know, it, when you hear that a thousand times, it tends to add up. And it's like, no, like I got called into this. I've given up my life for this. I, I wanna work hard and I'm, I'm not working for you, no offense. I'm working for the King of Kings mm -hmm. and he's gonna get my best, you know? And so when you, when you say things like that or or people leave your church because you made a mistake one time and they take their whole family with them. And it, or you have tough meetings where you're trying to intervene and help someone and it ends up hurting them. Um, man, that can add up, you know? And so I think stepping back, like you just said, is a really good analogy to kind of get refocused on what really matters. Very important. Yeah, I think I can relate to that as well. Um, one of the two main things that has made me think, yeah, I want to take this opportunity to, to, to go on sabbatical. A couple of years ago, I, I did go through some pretty significant conflict through my role here at Heartland, and it was painful for all parties involved, and um, myself and others involved probably were not, none of us were probably completely innocent in the way we navigated Absolutely. that conflict. That's right. It was messy. It was tricky. I think a lot of us, we had best interests of each other in mind, but it doesn't mean it's easy. And, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I shortly thereafter transitioned my role at Heartland a little bit. I had some newer responsibilities, some different focuses. And for a second, I kind of felt like, oh, you know what? Like, this feels good. Like, I've sort of left some of this heaviness behind. And um, I think whether it's new, new role or a new hobby or new possessions, there's a lot of ways we can kind of distract from that pain or that weight we're carrying. But there've been a few moments um, even since then where I've just realized, oh, like it, to your point about processing some of these things, like that's still there. Oh, it's still lingering in the and, background. And even a, a good thing, like serving in a role I really love for a church I really love can be a way of avoiding dealing with some of that. And, and there was a moment even last November where same thing, we've both been at Heartland eight years this month. And um, I... I was thinking, ah, you know, maybe I don't need to take this sabbatical thing. And as I, I was thinking like, ah, it's going to, you know, we're going to be coming out of this pandemic, hopefully. And, and, uh, you know, we just planted, we started the Williams campus, like just a year and a half ago. People want to come back. I know. And like, shouldn't me. I play a big role right? in that? And, what, yeah. and I started hearing myself say that and I was just like, ah, that's good. I probably need to go. Yeah. It's good that you yeah. recognize that though, Drew, in all honesty, because most people may not have noticed that and they would have said, no, I have to be here. Like I'm very, very important. So I'm imagining that while there will be time for processing, like some of what pastors do go through sometimes with that ego, like I, I think I'm going to have to wrestle with some of that. A lot of my identity is tied up in my 
role here at Heartland. We've got incredible friends here in Medina. I'm not from here. A lot of my friends are through the church, um, people who are dear to me. And, yeah. and yet to give myself fully to the work God might want to do over these coming months, I, I, I have this sense that I'll probably need to, to pull away. Yeah. And those are some of the places where I find worth and affirmation as well. And that might be tricky. So you brought up a really good point. I didn't have it in our notes, but I'm just kind of curious. Maybe, Dave, you could give some advice to these guys. So one thing that's unique about pastoring, kind of like the gravitas or weight component is certainly that, but also the how the different spheres of life are overlapped. So my professional life, my spiritual life, and just my emotional friend life are all in one. So you just mentioned, like, like, you've made some of your great friends here through the church, Um, and this, I don't mean it to sound cynical, but some of these relationships that form are at, at one time deep, genuine friendships, but also like uh, it's work related. I met them through my time in ministry and um, I would certainly consider some of my time with them as a ministry effort in some ways. And so when you go on a sabbatical, if you're really taking a break, what does it look like when there's these relationships involved and who do you contact? Who do you not? Just kind of getting really down in the details. Yeah. Do you just go off grid completely? Because there are people, if I, I'm not taking one, but I'm pretty sure if I were to, I would get some little texties along the way totally. from folks that like think that they're exempt in a way. Yeah. This might sound kind of brutal, but like, oh, but we're really close. I know, man. We are. We are. Well, it's but interesting this- that you bring that up because it is <laughs> kind of like a big bowl of spaghetti. You know, it's all mixed together. And I mean, these two guys here sitting next to me, I mean, they've been here eight years, you know, with me and large part of my life and my friendship and have sharpened me. And I hope I've helped sharpen them some as well. Right. But it's excellent to be able to do ministry together and serve Jesus together with people you love and respect and, and yet everybody feels differently about their, how their relationship is with you as a person. So I did unplug. Um, on this most recent sabbatical, my wife and I started at Gethsemane Abbey, which was a week of silence. We did the whole week. And Melody had her room. I had my room. So we didn't see each other. We, I think we had dinner one time together in the non-talking dining room. That Just was really... Silently. Yeah, Interesting, That's you know? hilarious. And that was before we started traveling. So we wanted to spend a lot of time in the car and we went out west and we, you know, we hiked and we read our Bible and prayed and we had lots of tears. And um, then on the way back, we stopped at a different um, abbey in Iowa, Podosta, Iowa. And we, we stayed there for three days to kind of get ready to go back into ministry. And the response when we got back was... Um, was really, it was difficult for us, to be honest. And, you know, you don't need all those details, but, but some people close to us reacted differently than others and um, didn't think that they should have been kind of cut off from communication, you know. But for us, we just, we needed to stop texting and stop emailing and stop slacking and stop Facebook messaging. And, you know, there's like so many different ways that people can get to you. We just wanted God to get to us. And so we got real selfish with that and then had to process through some of that when we got home with people who were hurt because they felt like they were exceptions or should have been. I mean, I wasn't even communicating with my own family. And, and when people right. hear this, they will say, well, that's wrong, Dave. You shouldn't have done that. But, but for me, for where I was at at the time, after eight years of a church growing, growing, growing. Think of it, three services every Sunday mm-hmm. for years. 
um, oh, man, I just, I needed that unplug. Now that, I'm not saying everybody needs that, mm -hmm. but for me, I needed to do that. What I could have done a better job of, and I'm, I'm gonna shut up here in a minute, sorry, but fine. is yeah. I needed to communicate better those expectations up front because I, I didn't communicate that well that, no, I'm sorry, you're not an exception. I thought I, thought I did, um, but I, I just didn't do a good job of that. Can I ask, Drew, so I, correct me if I'm wrong, I think for your sabbatical, you're staying kind of local, right? Yeah, so we just had our son. So I, yeah. Chris and Carissa took maternity leave. And uh, yeah, so I will be uh, at my house a mile from where I worship most Sundays. Well, and and if, if you go out to the square, you're going to be recognized. Oh, yeah. And approached. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's your plan So with to, that? To Dave's point, um, this is kind of funny that you bring that up because I remember that summer, uh, me and Dave don't text like a whole lot, but, but I, I love Dave. And, and so I think I texted you once that summer because we hadn't talked about what was the plan and I wanted to be really respectful of you, but it, I remember being in that tension. Yeah. And um, Ooh, do I press send? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was just like I'm praying for you. You don't need to respond. Like the Indians lost or something. I don't know. Right. But, right. But so I hope to communicate well because my plan is when I run into people around town, I am not going to act like I don't know people who I'm seeing. I love. Just people. hold up a hand. I don't need. Right. I, I, I don't need to be so available to God that I just have to be rude to everyone in my life when I'm in the market. But um, I am thinking about things like the text messages and the email. I'm going to need to be signed out of my of my email account. And yep. I, I told Carissa, probably even my personal email, like I've got some stuff in there where she'll probably need at times to be the one checking that just to make sure bills and things aren't falling through the cracks. Sure. Uh, I think uh, grad parties has been on my mind. I'm here. Uh, you were out West, but yeah. like students who are graduating this year, mm. I met some of them when they were in sixth grade. Right. Those like, are deep relationships. I love these folks. And I'm really wrestling with that right now yeah. because honestly, I know there's a part of me that with my ego not being fed through other things, like going to that grad party is going to be an opportunity to be appreciated and loved. Uh -huh. And hey, as much Drew's as here. I want to love <laughs> yeah. that person well, yep. I don't know if that's good for me. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I'm going to be friendly when I run into people in person, but I am going to try to put up those barriers around my phone, which I hope to be off most of the time. And I got to think about some specific things like grad parties and a few other little things like that. What are you hoping, just while we're on you for a second, um, what are you hoping God will do in you? Yeah. through this. That was uh, kind of my closing question. So yeah. Oh, I didn't, well, I didn't mean to close. This, no, that's fine. No, so I'm I'll, just interested kind of, in here. I'll try to be brief there, but, um, basically there's two, two big things, um, that kind of come in mind. So when I first got to Heartland, um, I was single, I was living alone in an apartment doing wow. student ministry and 80 hours a week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, it, I didn't know really anyone else. Right. And so it was like, I'd go get breakfast with a student in the yeah. morning. I'd work. I'd go to the rec and play basketball with students and other guys. Yep. I'd grab a guy. We'd go get Chipotle for dinner. And I'd come home at eight o'clock and do it all again the next day. And I loved it. Yeah. Um, in that time, believe it or not, I had a really decent rhythm going of just every day practicing some silence with God. And I really felt like I was experiencing his spirit leading in me. And just over the years, you know, I got married. I moved into a house with more things to do to take care of. Um, I started seminary. I recognized that in my relationship with God, even though I was learning in some ways, especially through seminary, more about God than I ever had before, I was finding it harder and harder to just sit and be with him. Mm. 
not with an agenda of what do I learn today or how does this fit into a sermon or how can I wrap this in somewhere? And so one, I I, I really, and this is going to be hard for me. It's sad to admit this, but I really want to spend time like giving God space to speak on his terms. Mm. And if he, and if I don't hear anything Mm -hmm. in that time today, like that doesn't mean it's a loss, right? It's okay. And it doesn't mean he gets less time tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and in so that, I also recognize that part of what gets in the way a lot for me um, is being distracted and being hurried. And so I really am trying this summer. I have no excuses. It's not the whole summer, but in the time I'm at sabbatical, I have no excuses to um, live a less hurried life, more present to what's in front of me, less time on my phone, um, just more available to what God might want to do. And so lastly, I, I read this thing that I thought was good, that for a, a pastor, sabbatical should be about two things. You, you pray and you play. So I've kind of described some of the, the pray, like the, the being available, the relationship with God. What's tough for me on the play, it's kind of this idea of enjoy what God has created. Enjoy nature. Enjoy your passions, how he's wired you. I'm really good at being selfish about play. And so that's something I still am trying to hone in on a little bit more before um, so sabbatical. And so I'm hoping, frankly, that Dallas being a five-month-old kid who needs a lot of help and a lot of watching and his mom being at work might actually um, slow me down even more in a helpful way that keeps it from me making sabbatical about me and just having a lot of space to play, but instead tethers me to, I have to care for my son. And so I have to be calculated in the balance between prayer and playing. That's really, that's excellent. What are you thinking? I haven't heard much about you. Yeah, so we we have we're kind of punctuating the sabbatical portion. I'm lucky in that Melissa uh, works in the school system, so she has the summer off as well, which means Perfect. we have eight weeks together for this sabbatical, which will be brilliant for us because by the time this episode comes out, this should be public knowledge. But we have a baby on the way, which is <laughs> really exciting. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to us connecting a bunch through throughout this process. I've got books that I want to be reading about. I mean, all I think about nowadays is parenthood and how I'm going to approach this. So I I want to sort out with God how my plan of attack for parenthood should play out. Uh, But we're going to punctuate with a couple of trips away. Not too far. We probably still won't be able to go to Australia. They've got a quarantine thing in place. Um, If you land, you get guarded in a hotel room for two weeks. It costs $4,000 just for the quarantine portion. So we probably aren't going to do that. Wow. Um, but we've had some couples in the church offer us, like they have a cottage up in, is it Mackinac Island? Or oh, that's wonderful. Oh. North Michigan. You may need to yeah. introduce me yeah. to that person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all might need to right. know that person. <laughs> so That's a beautiful We'll place. do that. We've got a Florida trip planned, and we're also planning a Colorado trip as well. So wow. a couple Very of small cool. little one-weeky type things. Um, Excellent. But then for the rest of the time, the, the play portion for me is probably going to be music-related and or arts related, video related. So I've got, I've got a lot of music swirling around in my head that I'm hoping to dive into. Uh, and I've got a couple of, I guess they would be short films brewing in my head nice. that I want to take a crack at putting together. Ideas that God's put on my heart that I want to see if I can convey through huh. visual media. We'll see. Um, That's outstanding. I, and I imagine for you guys, well, it was for me too, but like getting away for that amount of time, you have to prepare people to do your job while yeah, you're gone, sure, right? So right. are you in that mode right now? Yeah. No, I sure was. It took me probably a year to get to a point. Like that was the whole forming the teaching team and getting people yeah, to right. the point where they're ready. 
Um, what's what's going on with you guys right now to get get that ready to go? So my my role has shifted just in the last six to eight months or something. So it's a fairly new role for me, and it's a new team really that's been developed. But we've been talking about this and. Great. Like on a Sunday morning, we're sort of playing uh, musical chairs, swapping roles okay. each Sunday so that there's cross-training going on and mm -hmm. people know how to troubleshoot when things go wrong. So actually, Brian, who, who I report to just in this past week's meeting, basically said, we're going to start acting like Tony's on sabbatical now Okay. in terms of pretend he's not here on Sunday. He'll still have a role on Sunday, but... We're going to see if we can survive without him. See, now, I think that is one of the advantages to sabbatical for the organization. It, it helps the organization respond to, like you just said, mm -hmm. cross-training, other people realizing how to do things. Because what if, God forbid, Tony got hit by a bus or got sick? Or, you know, how do we prepare for that? Well, and sometimes you don't realize how many little things you're doing without explaining to oh, people. Yeah, right. Or little fires that you're putting out just because you see them. and then. But if you're not there, they would turn into bonfires you know so it's been helpful for me to recognize oh i guess i've never explained how i do this so let me walk you through it that yeah. kind of thing yeah. yeah and similarly for me um my primary role that people see i guess so to speak is on sunday morning serving at the williams campus and um really in some ways trying to be a, just a pastoral presence there um because yeah there's there's multiple staff there but Everyone else kind of has a specific ministry they're tending to on Sunday morning at the Williams campus where uh, my site really has to be on connecting with uh, folks and, and being present and listening. And so um, it's been things like outlining who will be making those calls when someone fills out a welcome card and are they equipped to do that. Um, thankfully, we do have a teaching team because you put that in place. And so uh, members of the teaching team will be preaching more when I am uh, away for a couple months. Probably you. Yeah. And um, yeah, so, so there are, though, even as you say that, Tony, I'm thinking of something I do on Sunday mornings that has nothing to do with my campus pastor role, but yeah. has to do with the fact that we set up and tear down on Sundays. And it's like, ah, I got to tell someone that. Tell somebody I haven't about yet. That. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, there's definitely some of that still being done. But the other thing we're doing at uh, Heartland Williams that I'm really excited for is uh, I am gathering with basically all the volunteers, everyone who serves in some way, uh, whether it's setting up kids' community. Um, worship team in just a couple weeks here, really just to try to empower those individuals. Uh, hey, like this is your church. Mm -hmm. And so some of the things that I would love for all of us to be doing every single week are these things of noticing when I've never met that person before. I've never seen them here before. How can I be welcoming to them? Um, recognizing that like, yes, like I have the title of pastor, but pastoring is actually something we can offer each other just by, by listening to the spirit and listening to others well and inviting folks to see themselves uh, in that capacity within the Williams campus. So I'm really hoping that when I come back uh, on August 1st, that I'm also receiving stories of, oh my goodness, I did think of myself that way. And I stepped into this role and this is what I saw God doing. Like that would bless me so much. And I'm really hoping we can set that up well. I'm, I'm so grateful, you know, that part of my overall goal with this years ago was to get to a place where we can put sabbatical in, in a part of our organization so that long after I'm gone, it's still a part of our organization because I do feel it's, it's like hugely beneficial, not only for the, the pastor, but also for the congregation. So I'm, I'm grateful for a servant leader team 
that was willing to go there and give it a shot because they didn't have to. And for a congregation that understands, okay, like Drew's not going to be up there every, every Sunday this summer. So what does that look like? Am I still going to, is this still my church? Or am I just coming here because of Drew or Dave or Tony or Clint, right? I mean, I think it forces all of us to really ask those more important questions. And I'm just really grateful for It's a for spiritual that. formation exercise for all parties involved. I, yeah, absolutely. I think it is. I think it's one of the best. And I'm, I'm just grateful that, you know, the, the congregation is willing to go there and support it because let's face it, they give financially and we're not going to be returning any services for those number of weeks, but they're investing in us so that when we come back, and again, just to be super clear, you guys aren't going on a forced sabbatical or there's nothing bad that's happened. Like yeah. we want this to become a part of who we are as an organization, not just as pastors, but maybe all of us. Like, I wonder what that would look like for people in our congregation to take a sabbatical from whatever it is that they're involved with. Yeah. I, I forgot to mention this as one of the things I'm planning on doing. I think you did this too, but uh, visiting other churches. Yes. And yeah. I never get to do that. And I had right. lots of opportunities. Like when do we get to do that? We're, we're right. here every Sunday. So I, I'm hoping to do some really useful R and D by going to other churches and seeing what that experience is like, what they do well yeah. and what we can learn. How's that work mode though? <laughs> it will make me better when I come back. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I, I it's there, work related. I think there is some, I mean, you can, inv I, I was reading books that invested in me that yeah, related yeah. to work. I think there is, there's a good part of that, but like, I can't come in here and worship without all these things going off in my mind of what about this? What about that? It was so refreshing to go to a few different churches and just let it happen. No, I don't know if I could do that. Because, <laughs> really? Well, because I've been responsible for orchestrating the Sunday morning experience for so long my eye will be going to, now, are they going to hit that lighting cue? And what's uh -huh. the temperature of the room in here? And but even, but they, even that's a spiritual formation exercise. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, it's I guess It's like, so. okay, God, I got to let this go. I, yeah. got, I went to a few very different churches, you know, so it was fascinating to just give myself to that. One was way up in the middle of Idaho, in the middle of nowhere, you know, and it was, I think it was July 4th weekend when we were there, and like everybody had cowboy boots on and oh, cowboy geez. hats, and we are like, wow, this is an interesting experience. We say, old hymns and we we stood up and um sang the uh not the national anthem but america the beautiful like it's really oh it was fascinating <laughs> it's fascinating experience to see what's out there yeah. well thanks so much for sharing like what you guys have planned i think that's a really helpful primer on what sabbatical is all about just as we wrap up any um maybe call to action for our audience largely uh attenders of heartland community church there may be some other folks that are listening